On our last episode, we shared our advice and tips for setting up an effective website. Today, we will continue our three-part series dedicated to managing your online presence by digging into blogging with our special guest, Melissa Jill. What is a blog and why is it important for wedding photographers to blog? We'll discuss this and more on this episode of Twip Weddings. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. My name is Bruce Clark, and once again, I'm joined in the co-host chair by Mr. Robert Evans, and we're also welcoming back Melissa Jill to the show. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. Hello. So uh, this week, we're going to uh, we're going to continue our uh, series. We've been uh, looking at your online building your online presence. So this is kind of episode two. So if you go back and listen to our last episode, uh, we shared strategies on how to go about building an effective website. So today we're going to continue on that discussion and we're going to focus on blogging. And then in our next episode, we're going to dig into managing social media. But before we get into the show, um, we want to remind you how you can participate in the show. We've got several different ways to interact with us. First off, you can visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings, and there you'll find the show notes for each episode, which contain links to everything that we mentioned on the show. And you can also leave your comments and feedback for us in the comments section. Uh, if you have a question or a suggestion for a uh, topic for a future episode, you can also email us. Our email address is twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com, or if you prefer using social media, just add the hashtag TwipWed to your post, and we'll keep an eye out for your posts. And uh, we're also on Instagram, so if you want to look for us on Instagram, we're over there at TwipWed, and we uh, we also have a new uh, Facebook group. Uh, so if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash TwipWed, uh, you can join our Facebook group and participate there. So, lots of ways to get in touch with us. So, let's just jump into the show. So, uh, like I said, this week we're going to continue our three-part series discussing how to manage your online presence, and we're going to get into talking about um, blogging. And so, Melissa, I wanted to have you on the show because uh, you're a very prolific blogger, um, and I think you've got some really good insights into kind of where where blogging is at and, and why, or maybe why not wedding blogging is important for wedding photographers. Um, so that's kind of where I want I want to start out just by talking about you a little bit for those maybe who didn't uh, tune in we had you on um, to talk about albums a few episodes ago but for those maybe who aren't familiar with you or didn't listen to that episode just who is Melissa Jill just briefly in hey guys um, yeah thanks for having me on the show Bruce I am a wedding photographer based out of Phoenix Arizona I've been in business for about 12 years now I uh, photograph high-end weddings and I've got five associate photographers who work for my studio as well. And um, so we're, we're busy with that. I also own an album design company called Align Album Design. And we do um, custom layout for other professional photographers who want to outsource that portion of their workflow. And um, yeah, so I, I've taught workshops and, um, and that type of thing as well. So. So that's what I've been up to. I've been blogging, um, as far as blogging goes, I've been blogging since uh, 2006. Um, so it's been quite a while now. And um, yeah, I've seen kind of the landscape of obviously a lot has changed since then as far as like social media coming on the scene and, um, you know, the landscape has really changed. So that's one thing I've learned being in this business for as long as I have is <clears throat> the only thing that you can really count on is that things will change pretty rapidly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that's how I first kind of discovered you was through your blog and, mm. uh, and kind of following your blog and reading your blog. So I want to talk about about blogging and, and obviously we'll start out with just kind of what, just in general, what, you know, what is a blog? So who wants, who wants to field that one first? <laughs> we'll let the expert handle him. <laughs> So, um, Melissa, what is a blog? <laughs> the uninitiated, you haven't. Yeah, heard. it's. I. I mean, I was asking the same question when I attended WPPI in 2006 and heard about this new thing, and I was like, "What the heck?" But um, it's just an online journal. Um, it's uh, a way to like log, you know, different uh, thoughts and photos, and it's just kind of a running. Um, you can really use it for, for many different reasons and, and however you'd like, but it's just kind of like an online journal. Excellent. So, Robert, I'm going to ask you, how long have you, have you uh, first of all, Robert, do you blog, and how long have you been blogging? <laughs> well, to say yes, yes, I do blog. Um, 
But uh, as I like to call it, like I'm so busy doing other things that I get blogged down, <laughs> and I uh, don't get to it regularly. I'm actually in the process of of. I had someone write for me for a little bit, and then I tried to go back to doing it myself, and now I'm back to like I just need somebody else to do it and kind of feed them uh, what I want to say. Because I mean, I do believe it needs to be in your own voice, so it is sometimes hard for other people mm-hmm. to write for you. But I also think it's better to put something out there than nothing out there. Um, so, but I've had a blog pretty much since they've come along. I mean, I've had a website since '94. Um, and, they had websites uh, back then. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I think I've told this story before, but I remember I used to go to this, you know, hang out. The bunch of photographers in our area would have like meetings once a week, or we'd have lunch, and then there was these guys that like they wanted to come in and do a presentation on you know, websites, and, you know, people were like, oh, and so they came in and did it, and, you know, all my friends, my photographer friends are like, oh, that's dumb, that's never going to work, and, you know, and I was like, I want one, <laughs> you know, so um, pretty much why I own robertevans.com is because I bought the domain way back then, and um, I've had a website ever since, you know, five or six generations of it, but, um Yes, I have a blog, and I have uh, one, if there's two links off my site, one uh, for my brides and then one for other photographers. And uh, I do make a determination regularly to do more. <laughs> okay, so that's, and I want to get to that because that's an interesting kind of where, how you separate your blog if you are looking at different audiences like photographers as opposed, you know, as opposed to brides and grooms. So... Um, Let's just talk about blogging because, Melissa, you you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording the show just a little bit about kind of, kind of the landscape of blogging has, has changed. So I think when I first discovered your blog, which was probably about six or seven years ago, you were, you were blogging pretty regularly. Like I think you were putting out a blog post three, four times a week at least, if not, yeah. if not more. And, and it was a lot of... I think you're putting a lot of yourself out there. So people were really able to figure out, you know, who is who is Melissa? Why would I want to hire her as my wedding photographer? But you were kind of speaking a lot to both photographers as well as as uh, potential clients. But you've seen that kind of landscape change. I think you, you have noticed in the last year or so, you've kind of changed your blogging um, or, or how you're going about your blogging. Yeah. Um, you know, blogging was has been super successful throughout history for my business. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken on it, I've taught on it, um, you know, it is a lot of work and for, but for a while that's, that was like my main thing that I did that it was really the engine that fueled my business and so I just have story after story of brides who came to me and like were already sold on wanting to hire me um, and so I didn't really have to close a sale or anything. It was just, you know, my blog was like a way for my brides to get to know me and it kind of took that um, obstacle out of their path of trusting me and so that's the thing I think that's really powerful about blogs is it can allow you to share a little bit more about who you are as a person and connect with people on a more human level not just as like I'm a professional photographer here's my resume you know more of you know I'm a normal person you know I love my dog I love my family these are some of my interests you know Um, that type of thing and it allows people to connect with you and your work to the point where you know they'll they're willing to just hire you you know kind of sight unseen and so my blog was you know really successful for me and that's why I spent so much time on it you know and I I just kind of put it at the top of my to-do list Um, and I was blogging you know three to five times a week and I was putting out content for for brides and then more and more for photographers because I started getting questions from photographers um, over email and in the comments and that type of thing and so just to save myself time I started blogging answers to those questions you know um, so that I wasn't you know having to spend so much time in email and so I was able to kind of develop a database of you know helpful tips for photographers over the years just by kind of you know, taking those those questions and answering them. So, um, so blogging was super successful, and then, you know, things just rapidly change in in our industry, and with so, social media coming along, and um, you know, a lot of the wedding inspiration blogs like Style Me Pretty and others, uh, people are kind of shifting, and brides particular, uh, where they're spending their time on on the internet, and. Um, 
you know, back when I started my blog, there weren't as many photographers blogging, so the competition was a lot less. And then there wasn't, you know, Facebook wasn't as prolific, Instagram wasn't around, you know, Pinterest wasn't around. And um, so, so really the landscape has changed quite a bit. And uh, what I found is I was doing all this work, you know, I kind of stopped last summer to reevaluate and just look at what I was spending my time on and I was spending so much time and, you know, my analytics had changed a little bit. I wasn't getting as many followers. I wasn't experiencing that same you know, brides coming to me, ready to hire me, knowing all about me from my blog, that kind of thing. Because, you know, they're just spending more time in other places. And um, so I think that's just kind of a general shift in, in our um, culture and in technology. And so just kind of trying to reassess, you know, how powerful is blogging? How much time do I want to spend on it? What is my strategy going forward? Yeah. Robert, what about you? When you uh, kind of started blogging or when you've, when you've been blogging, um, what have you been blogging about and kind of what has been your experience or what have you seen in trends uh, as far as your blog goes? Well, when I, like stuff I blog about generally is, um, you know, like I'll blog about different weddings and I really like, uh, probably as most bloggers do, like to write my experience about the wedding and my take on it, which sometimes is hard, like like even, you know, sort of giving up or having somebody else write your blog because you really want to put your, you know, voice into it. And um, but that's generally like you know I obviously put up images, and um, you know really write about what I have done and and those particular weddings and the little stories and anecdotal things sometimes that you that you don't see. Um, I tried something recently which we haven't got the blog post up yet, but um, where I actually brought. Uh, another girl to the wedding and um, let her sort of talk to people throughout the day and interview them so that we could even dive deeper into those little anecdotal stories and find out more things particularly about uh, the wedding and the bridesmaids and you know the relationships and the you know whether the garter had some sentimental story to you know those type of things. Mm -hmm. Um, she also took her own photos and, you know, kind of a combination of that and the images that uh, I captured, you know, will kind of put the blog post together. I mean, uh, like Melissa said, I think there's more competition out there as far as eyes on your blog and the things that you do. But I think um, visually, uh, you know, people still want to look at pictures. So, you know, again, especially for me, you know, picture more, write less. Um, so people don't have the attention span either, but at least it gets them on there, and if they do want to kind of dig into it and read it. Um, and I think one of the other things that's super important, which we're trying to do more and more now, is, is um, you know, video on your blog, actually, okay. and having some sort of, you know, there's all sorts of applications and things where you can, you know, you can shoot it yourself. It doesn't have to be professional quality, although the better the quality, the better better the result, I believe. But again, it's better to do it than to not do it. Uh, I mean, if you go to Facebook today and you look at, you know, every other clip is a video clip. I mean, it's really grown and there's a big demand for it. So I think, you know, as far as trends go, not that it's a new trend, but I think it's a trend that uh, people should move in that direction. If they're not doing video and getting video clips on their blog, they should. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, video is definitely an evolving. I just did. Uh, we have a, a local girl here that's got a, a site called Yeg Wed, and she. It's all Yeg is our airport code, so it's Edmonton's weddings and Yeg. A lot of um, hashtags and whatnot are, seem to be using the the airport codes. It's fairly popular for location. So she set up a site called Yeg Wed, and she features everything that's kind of Edmonton wedding. And we did. Uh, I sat down with her last week, and we did a Periscope session. We just met at a local coffee shop, and we just chatted for about twenty minutes over Periscope. I think she kind of broadcasted that out, and it's still fairly new. So we didn't. Ha I think we had about, you know, maybe twenty different people watching it, watching the show. So it wasn't a huge audience. But she's she's going to capture that um, the video from that, and then she's going to put that on the you know kind of on the site as well. So yeah, I agree that video is definitely mm -hmm. an area that's growing. And I mean, obviously here we are on video. We can't see Robert today, but <laughs> <laughs> but we also you know are here on video. So if you're listening to the audio podcast, we do also put up the uh, the video of this as well. So um, so I want to talk a little bit about. Um, you know, is blogging still, like, do you think blogging is still relevant, or would you put your efforts more towards getting your work, you, you know, on the pages of 
blogs like Style Me Pretty. I know there's services like Two Bright Lights um, that can get your work kind of distributed out there. Do you think, would you, Melissa, if you were going to kind of start over again today and with your blogging, um, would you put more energy towards that? Do you think that would lead to, you know, getting more brides in the door or what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I think it really depends on the individual f photographer. Um, you know, I can share what's worked for me and and how I'm kind of built, but I think blogging is kind of like um, an all or nothing thing. It's not something you kind of go into lightly and, and end up doing successfully. I think, um, you've, you know, you kind of have to weigh your options and decide, am I all in on this or is there, you know, do I have a limited amount of energy and maybe it's better spent elsewhere? Because the hard thing about blogging, it's, it needs to be consistent, and I think the power of it is um, twofold. It's in sharing who you are, um, not just again, not just as a photographer, but as a human, and then also doing so in a in a really consistent way. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people, the majority of people, follow blogs through like an RSS feed, so they're going to be looking for new content pretty consistently. Um, you're really only going to really have a have a successful um, built following by, you know, giving your readers kind of uh, what to expect. You know, this is how often you can expect to hear from me. And so if you kind of, if you put out a post and it's awesome and they love it and they're kind of getting to know you, they check back, you know, a few days later and there's nothing new, they might check back one more time, but, the, you know, they have very limited attention spans, so they're going to find somewhere else that is blogging more regularly where they can really kind of connect to that person and get to know them. So, uh, you know, if somebody comes to your blog and you've got a date on your most recent post that's like a month old, that's, I, I think that actually does you more harm than good. Um, in, in that instance, I think, you know, you're probably better off just taking your blog off of your website because to me as a bride, if I came and I saw that, I would have serious questions about, uh, you know, is this person in business? Is this person reliable? Is this person consistent? What's going on? You know? Yeah. So sort of um, like the submarine kind of periscope. You don't want to be that submarine periscope up and then, you know, disappear for two months. Right. I mean, yeah. really it's, 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 blogging is a trust builder. And if you can either grow that trust, you know, with, with your audience and with with potential brides, or you can you can really kind of hurt it by um, by not by not showing up and not not doing it consistently. So I don't think blogging is for everyone. I think you know it's really well suited to people who do enjoy to write writing, um, who are open and open to being sharing personal things, that type of thing. Um, and that that's the type of person who really succeeds with blogging. And so I think it's really I wouldn't say that there's, you know, kind of a, a standard that I could, you know, share with everybody. This is what you should be doing. I think it's more just figuring out who you are, you know, and Robert was talking about um, videos and the power of video. Um, some people struggle with writing, and that's not their strong point, but they're totally comfortable talking to a video, you know, talking on video. And so maybe... Um, you know, a vlog or a YouTube channel would be more along the lines of what you would be well suited to do. You know, you could just, rather than having a written post after a written post, you could have video posts, you know, and, and just kind of share that way and connect with people that way. Hmm. Excellent. So that's, that's a good um, sort of segue into sort of coming up with content for your blog. So I know like you used to share a lot, kind of a mixture of, of obviously the weddings and the work that you were doing. So obviously as wedding photographers, we have that, we already have the, the visual aspect, which is yeah. a huge component of well, that's an advantage that we have, I think, over a lot of other bloggers that are more the written blog and they have to go out and source images or maybe they have to get stock imagery or whatever. We have uh -huh. that already that's a big tool that we have in our arsenal so obviously we can post about what we're shooting and, and things like that but you also did a lot of personal stuff so what would be some examples of some things that you would blog about that were attracting either brides or maybe photographers interest in your work yeah I think one of the number one things I think we have all of us have hesitation with with blogging is what do I have to say you know like mm -hmm. what in the world would I have to say that anybody else would care to read and, um, you know, I think all of us have experienced that at one point or another. And I remember that's something I wrote on my very first blog post. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, who has time for this? What, you know, <laughs> what do I have to say that anybody would be interested in? 
And um, I was blogging for probably six months. Only my mom was reading my blog, you know. <laughs> and I was like, just didn't know what I was doing. But I was on a free blogger site back then. Blogger was kind of the thing. And um, and so I just kind of kept going. And I, I challenged myself at one point. It was a February, I remember. And I challenged myself to blog every day that month. So all 28 days, I picked the shortest months. <laughs> And it just really challenged me to think of like my my life a little bit more in terms of blogging and what I could share. And it was really tough because that wasn't a time of the year where I was shooting a lot, and so I had to come up with other content. And it was a really great exercise for me to like stretch myself and think about um, how what kind of content I could share. And I remember one day I didn't have anything to blog, but I was going to Target, and I came home and I took a picture of the stuff I bought at Target, and I titled the post, I just put that one picture up, I titled it, My Target Disease, and then wrote like a short paragraph about how I can never go to Target and just get what I went in there for. Like, I always end up coming back, you know, I can never spend like less than $100. I end up yeah. I, with all the stuff that I wasn't expecting to buy. I have that problem at Costco. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the type of thing, what I learned from that is I got more comments on that post than I'd ever gotten on any other post. and. It was all those kinds of comments. It was people saying, oh, yeah, I, I have that same problem. You know, my wife has that disease, you know. And, and it was just really eye-opening to me, and it taught me a valuable lesson, which is it's not having something monumental, you know, life-changing, life-altering to say. It's really all about connecting on a human level, and it's being relatable, you know. Um, people want to know that they're not alone, they want to be able to relate to someone, and, and really that we can see that throughout social media, right? Um, they don't want to follow somebody who is perfect and, you know, in, in every way. They want to follow somebody who's real and who they can see themselves in, in some ways. And so I think that was really eye-opening for me is, you know, it's not it just finding things to write about and share that are relatable and show your human side. So it doesn't have to be anything big. You know, it can be um, a trip to Target. Yeah, like <laughs> what you did over the weekend. You know, but I think it's all in the way that you kind of frame it and and the story that you write, how you kind of share your story and how you share your voice. Um, so. So yeah, that's that's the, that's the kind of content I think that really makes um, people want to come back and read your blog. I think you know they'll come for great wedding photos, but that's not going to keep them coming back as much as really feeling like they have a friendship with you. You know, and I think that's one of the power powerful things about a blog is it creates a sense of friendship between the reader and 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 the blog writer. Yeah. So, Robert, I want to ask you, kind of, you mentioned earlier that you kind of separate your content into two. Do you have two separate blogs, kind of one geared towards clients and then one that's geared towards photographers? Is it totally separate blogs or? Correct, because I did that um, a couple of years ago because I was putting all the content onto one spot and uh, I heard I was gently nudged by several female friends saying, brides don't care about, you know, Sony. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm obligated, you know, to talk about something, and I love the product, and and you know, but um, you know, there's things that photographers care about, and there's things that brides care about. So I I thought I'd split them and make the you know the wedding blog addressed to brides, you know, pretty and kind of geared towards what brides want to hear, and then if I have anything, um, and I can cross over a little bit, but you know, like. Like Melissa said, she'd get a lot of questions about technical and this and that from photographers, so it's just easier to kind of put it out there and talk about it. And I enjoy both aspects of it, the educational part as well as uh, the inspirational part. Um, but, you know, listening to you talk, Melissa, I mean, I think you, obviously you're an expert at, and you've been doing it and you hit it right on the head. It's that whole relationship thing. People just want to know that, you know, you are human and you make mistakes just like they mm -hmm. do. And if you can relate to your listener that way, and again, I'm not the greatest at that, but I mean, you're definitely right about it. Um, that that's really what people want, as as silly as that sounds. Um, they're like, oh, she's just real, and you know, she's <laughs> on Target too, you know. Like, <laughs> you know. 
But uh, yeah, that's why I kind of split them up. And you know, I've had other blogs. Uh, I have another. I like to call it an, an encyclopedic blog that I started with another photographer um, called WeddingPhotography411.com, and we started writing that. You know, specifically articles related to wedding photography. You know, even simple things as like how to tie a bow tie or whatever. And we can, don't contribute to even that much anymore. But all the information that sits there is relevant. It's something that, you know, again, that I think is powerful and I would love to do more with it. It's just a matter of finding time to do it. But I still think of any, you know, if I look at it this way, like there's a new bride that will go there. There's 60 articles there that we had written that's, that's there. And they're all, you know, visually photographic images to promote the posts. Um, you know, again, one of the, we wrote something a year or so ago that, you know, are your guests ruining your wedding photos? And that was a real big, uh, hmm. you know, topic about, you know, just talking about, I know that I've seen articles since then and it's something that somebody else wrote something about it went viral or whatever, but, you know, like the people with the cell phones and the Facebook and the, you know, I talked about a lot of things, but I mean, the point is, and again, you know, like Melissa said, you, you just have to be consistent with it. And um, if you're busy, like I am, uh, it's kind of hard to get to. So you've got to figure out a way to, you know, to make that work in your own business, whether it is having someone write for you or even do like small little anecdotal things and put it out there, video like we talked about. Yeah. So that's a good, good question. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on um, having somebody else doing your your writing for you. So there's a lot of services out there now. I, I don't think there were, you know, so many years ago, but I think now there's a lot more other services out there that'll do it, sort of ghostwriting services that'll manage and doing your blogging. Melissa, have you kind of looked at any of those services or do you, do you still feel like a blog is something very personal that you kind of, you should do your yourself or? Yeah, I'm all about outsourcing and delegating. You know, I, I have a full-time office manager. I love to take things. One of my favorite things is taking things from my to-do list and putting them onto hers. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, you should so, get somebody to do that. You're <laughs> <laughs> very meta. <laughs> so I do enjoy delegating and outsourcing, but um, blogging has always been something I feel like, you know, I try and get everything off on my plate that I don't specifically have to do, but there's just certain things as a, you know, the face of the business that you do have to do. And I think blogging is is kind of one of those. I think there's probably a couple of exceptions, but especially for photographers where it's like you're selling yourself, it's a very self-promotional personally branded business. Um, having your face and your voice out there um, to connect is I think uh, really powerful and important. Um, now I will say that we're starting to do some more blogging for brides um, as far as like um, you know the type of educational content that a bride would be interested in seeing um, and so I've been working with my office manager who's been with me for about a year now on developing um, you know some content and she's gonna start blogging um, just a post every other week and you know she will be ghostwriting for me I guess and then I'll be, but I still have to have my hand in it, you know, I'm still going to be proofing it and tweaking it, but it, she's going to be doing a lot of like the research and the writing and, and that type of thing. So I will be, uh, we're starting to do that and I can kind of report back how that goes, but, um, but there are certain things, you know, it would take me just as long to kind of tell her how to write a post about you know, my recent trip <laughs> yep. as it would for me to actually sit down and do it. And so you just have to think through, you know, what is the most efficient use of my time. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about maybe just some of the, the, the technical side of things, some of the tools that are available. Um, I also want to talk about sort of SEO because I think there is still an important, like, like you say, definitely attention is shifting in different directions. There's a lot of competition for readers' attention with, you know, social media and everything else. But I, I still think there's some benefit, uh, some tremendous benefit from blogging in terms of SEO or search engine optimization in terms of driving traffic and getting people to your site. So um, how do you kind of approach... Well, maybe I'll start with Robert. Um, kind of what's your um, thoughts on a blog in terms of driving traffic and SEO uh, to your site? Is it something you're kind of, you know, paying attention to or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the one thing that sort of still lights a fire under my butt, 
that makes me like, you need to blog, you need to blog, you need to blog, you know, because, um, you know, at least if people are out there searching, you know, uh, a blog post that you put up, you know, about doing a night wedding at a particular venue is maybe what they're looking for. And if they find that and they come to you, um, then, you know, like you said, you've kind of like won the battle. So even if it's, um, you know, not so much your personal life. I mean, again, I, I can't reiterate enough on what Melissa said about, you know, putting your personal self out there. But um, like in my case, I think something's better than nothing. Uh, so, you know, you can put stuff out there. And if, if you're thinking about that, especially if you want to blog locally, um, if you're thinking about marketing to a local client uh, and, you're, and you're writing your blog posts, um, about your city and where you live to attract, you know, those people obviously within 100 miles of you or whatever, then I think that's important as well and including those cities' names and, um, you know, and also re, you know, talking about things that are going on locally because then I think that will help people find you and of course uh, your Facebook pages are also good for that as well. Um, you know, if you want to attract locally. I mean, if you want more of a global following. I know, Melissa, you probably have something like that. And uh, we're a bigger following. Um, you know, it depends on what your goal is, I think, really, and and who your customer is. And, um, you know, if you're a destination wedding photographer and you do that a lot, well, then I guess that you can, you know, attract people from all over the world and they'll fly you to wherever they are. I mean, I do a fair amount myself. Um, but I think SEO, yes, is, is very important for that reason. Um, I know it's also changing, but um, I think writing, you know, about your local area, again, if you want to track local, is, is good for the SEO purpose. Yeah, are you focused on that, Melissa, as well? Like, I know, you know, probably when you first started your blog, was that kind of a big focus of yours? Was that local kind of client and being that local expert? Yeah, I mean, I can't take any credit for really thinking through and being super strategic about it. Um, I didn't really know the benefits until I ended up reaping the benefits in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, like I said, I was just answering photographers' questions to be, be helpful and efficient, you know, just to save myself time. And then it ended up being really, like, helpful to me with SEO and being able to start teaching workshops and things like that. So I, I, was, I was able to benefit kind of from a happy accident in a lot of ways. But... Yeah, definitely looking back, um, I've never once paid for SEO, um, you know, to have any type of search engine optimization done, um, but because um, I've been blogging and I just have such a huge database um, over the years of, of content, um, my, my, my key search terms that I want to be at the top of, I'm, I'm right at the top. So um, I just pulled up my other computer and signed out of Google to make sure that that didn't impact the results, but if you type Phoenix Wedding Photographer, I'm getting, you know, they always have the sponsored ads at the top, but it looks like I'm, like, third on the first page. So I'm, like, right under those, um, the Google ads, you know, yeah. that come up uh, by location. So, um, so that is huge, you know. Like, that's not something, I mean, you could spend a lot of money to to get to that point on, on your, on your um, SEO. So I think SEO um, can be really important and helpful in in some markets. I think I think sometimes it's overrated as well. And it because once you are shooting, you know, higher end weddings, you're really mostly going to be getting um, those type of rides are going to be finding you through referrals. Um, they're not going to be looking on Google for their photographer. But it's kind of like it never hurts, you know, to have your name come up with like vendor referrals and a, and a pass bride and then SEO and you know you want it you want your name to be there as much as possible yeah you want to cast a, a nice wide net right? right there's no one specific thing right you want to make sure you're covering a lot of different bases absolutely and you never know how people find you you know I ended up shooting a wedding in Africa a couple years ago and she found me through a local planners website that I had shot a headshot for and she had photo credited me and she clicked over. So I'm not sure how she got to that planner site because she didn't hire her, you know, must have been through some type of SEO or link over from like style me pretty feature or something like that. But you just never know how people 
find you. It's it's a web, you know, so they yeah. jump from place to place, and and SEO can be really powerful. And I think there's really no no better way to to do SEO well than to have you know blog content. Yeah. So what what tools are both of <laughs> you guys using for your blogs, Robert? What are you using to to blog? What's your blogging platform? WordPress. WordPress. And Melissa, how about you? Um, I have a custom blog that's built by a by a programmer, so it it doesn't have any um, platform other than just the custom uh, code that he's created for me. Okay, but you can get into it like you don't need the web designer to actually blog, right? You. Oh no, he's created a whole back end for me, so yeah. I sign in. It's probably very similar to your experience with WordPress. I've got you know all my posts, and it's really user friendly and easy to to add and edit. Yeah, interesting. What made you go that route like, over a custom route over, say, something like a like a WordPress? Well, when I started in 2006, Blogger was kind of the big platform um, that was free, and so I did do a free Blogger site for about a year, and then I realized <clears throat> how powerful blogging was, and I wanted bigger images, and back then there was a lot of limitations, and so I just looked into getting a custom blog done so that I could have a little bit more more control over the formatting of the blog, and and right now, I love that I that my blog is fully integrated in my website. So you know, it's part of my navigation. It feels very cohesive. Everything links between my website and my blog, you know, very seamlessly. Um, so so it just made sense to me to to put some money into into having a custom blog just because of of how powerful it it has been for my business. Yeah, definitely. I noticed look, you know, looking through your site, it has it's very seamless, right? Whereas other sites, it's sort of like they have this nice website, and then you you know that you're going somewhere else right. when you their blog because it just doesn't have the same. It's a different URL too, and that's another thing to point out for SEO is it's my my actual website that has high SEO. It's not just my blog. You know right. what I mean? Because it's yeah. all tied in to the same URL. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, we're using WordPress ourselves. Um, I'm quite happy with it. I'm, I found you can do a lot with WordPress. It's very customizable, mm -hmm. and there's tons of plugins and different. It's definitely plugins. the way to go nowadays. Um, WordPress has taken over the world. So if you're just getting into blogging, I think WordPress is the way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to ask both of you: Have you had? Uh, do you ever invite guest bloggers to contribute? You know, articles on your site, or conversely, have you uh, contributed articles to other to other blogs? What do you think the benefits or the advantages are to, to doing that? Robert, I'll start with you. Um, on my Wedding Photography 411 blog, I think we had a few other people write for that. On my personal blog, I haven't so much. And yes, I get asked a lot to write blog posts for other people. Melissa, how about you? Yeah, I think writing for other blogs is helpful because it allows you to reach um, a different audience. And anything that can be linkable back to you is really helpful. Um, you know, people will see you on another blog, see you as an expert, and then link through to your site to find out more about you. So I think that's definitely helpful. I think when it comes to having guest bloggers on your site, I haven't done it much. And whenever I do, it's it's more in the context of me talking about them and then introducing them as an expert in something that relates to what my audience would want to hear. Okay, so like a wedding planner, for example, or yeah, yeah, like a makeup artist, you know, sharing tips, those types of things. So it has to definitely fit with your brand and um, and make sense. You know, I, I get a lot of people wanting to write on my blog because it's got a good audience and they kind of want to use it as an advertisement. But I'm not just going to let any random person, you know, or company blog on my blog because. Um, that's going to dilute my brand and 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 probably turn off a large portion of my audience if it doesn't relate to you know what I've been sharing up to that point. Yeah. So I'm curious. Do you get you obviously attract a lot of uh, potential brides and probably clients that eventually become brides. Um, do you find that they still continue like to interact and follow your blog and, and, and stick with it, or kind of once the wedding is done, do they do you find they kind of move on, or is it kind of a mixture? Yeah, it's a mix. I mean, I think it really depends on the person and how much they, you know, just read blogs on a daily basis. Um, the great thing about social media, which I know you're, you'll be talking more about next week, is it continues to connect people to your blog. So people can follow you kind of on a more surface level through social media, and if they see something that interests them, they can click through and read more and go deeper. 
And um, so I think that's the beauty of, of blogs is it's bringing people into your space, kind of inviting them into your house um, and allowing them to kind of see everything that you have to offer. Um, and so I think, you know, that is what you talked about is, is one of the benefits of blogging, which is it kind of cre helps create customer evangelists for you who, you know, love you and want to talk, talk about you to everybody. And, you know, brides are interested in photographers up to their wedding, but they also, you know, love to live in that kind of fantasy world after their wedding as well. And so they, many of them do continue to follow along, and it keeps you, you know, at the forefront of their mind so that when they have somebody else, you know, who comes into their life who is engaged or looking into photography, you're the, you know, you come up and they're really passionate about sharing, you know, who you are. Yeah, or looking for further photography services. Maybe they have, you know, start a family and want family photography or what have you. Right? Absolutely, you do that. yeah. Yeah, I do a, quite a few newborn sessions and that kind of thing just on the side. You know, I don't post a lot of them, but for past brides as well. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So, um, any before we kind of wrap this topic up, I just want to ask both of you. If you've got any kind of Robert, I'll start with you. Just any advice or tips or anything that you want to share in terms of blogging or your thoughts on? <clears throat> well, I think I just have to follow my own advice, but just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Melissa run with that one. But I mean, yeah, I, maybe she can give some tips on how how you can be more more consistent with it. Well, that's. I mean, what Robert is talking about is. Is there are two main struggles with blogging, you know, and I kind of touched on these earlier, but the two main struggles are what do I have to say that anybody would be interested in reading and who has time to do this, you know, and they are both very real concerns and you do have to think them through and I think, you know, everybody's busy, we're all, we all have a lot of things to do and I think it's just a matter of how you prioritize things, you know, and I think that's, when I realized how powerful blogging was, I kind of switched it from just whenever I have time left over to do this to being at the top of the list of the things that I do for that day, you know, because um, because it can do so much more for your business than, you know, sometimes meeting with somebody one-on-one -on -one could do because you're able to reach, you know, kind of go into the homes of hundreds of people at one time rather than, you know, spending that time doing something else. Um, so it can be super powerful, and I think if, if you find that it is powerful for you, you just have to prioritize it, and there's no, no other way to do it other than just putting it on your to-do list, putting it on your calendar, you know, doing a blog calendar for the month, this is what I'm going to blog this day, this is what I'm going to blog this, this day. Yep. And if you have, like, if you have some um, um, kind of habits of, like, every Wednesday I'm going to blog this type of post, or, you know, if you have a few different categories that you post on, whether it's like a shoot, a blog for a photographer, um, helpful tips for a photographer, and then maybe something personal, you could have kind of like a day each week or every other week that you post on that content. And if you have it more regular like that and it's on your calendar, then it definitely is easier it, it, to make a, a reality. Yeah, like you had a fun series for a while where you were doing like an outfit yeah, I did like a frivolous Friday post that was like my attempt at like putting personal content out there once a week um, because I'm kind of a workaholic, so I didn't have a lot to share. But I kind of <laughs> just grabbed you know different little tip, uh, little tidbits from throughout the week and kind of shared my favorite outfit from that week and that type of thing. So. Yeah. And I, I think like one of the things that you can do because these are my own personal struggles and the same thoughts that I've had is like. You know, like the blog can be overwhelming if you think, oh, I've got to do all this. You know, start small and keep it simple. Yes. You know, uh, you know, give yourself, I'm going to blog once a week. Right. You know, and, and get to that. And then maybe what happens is you start seeing the results of that once a week. And then so, of course, you're motivated. Oh, look, people are listening and talking. And, you know, so I'm going to do twice a week or you know, and then you can work your way up depending on how deep into blogging you want to go. And and also, since I've experimented with this before, and Melissa was talking about it, about having somebody else possibly write your blog, even if you even if you feel like you can't do that, um, 
to have somebody actually prepare the images mm. and get them up on the blog and, and do all of that work, that's a huge time saver because even once you've written something and then you go to put it on the blog and format it, and, you know, that's a little bit time-consuming as well, so you could have somebody do that. Um, some of the things that I'm experimenting with now, again, like wanting to keep it in your own voice, especially let's say I'm going to blog about a particular wedding, I choose the five to ten images that are going to be in the blog post, and then I literally like record about, talk about them, and then give that to my person who's now going to write it. So at least it has a little bit of my own voice. Mm. And you see it in draft, and you can tweak it and change mm -hmm. it a little bit, and then publish it yourself. So those are some tips, like again, that you could work towards, um, you know, having someone help you or just doing it yourself. Um, but I think it, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed or blogged down, as I like to call it. But you know, um, you know, take those steps if you know to at least make some sort of progress. Yeah, I, I made a conscious effort to to say, okay, I'm not going to try to blog every day because I knew that wasn't realistic. So I said, okay, I'm going to try and blog at least weekly. And what I've done now is, you know, I've made it part of my workflow. And I I had a day last, you know, month where it was I knew it was a little quieter. I was caught up on editing. So what I did is I actually sat down and banged out like 12 blog posts. Wow. But I, but I scheduled them. Mm -hmm. So they didn't go all out at once. I put them in, and WordPress lets you schedule, and then I just had it. So I basically knew that I had 12 weeks' worth of blog posts queued up and ready to go, and I kind of took a little of that pressure off, and I felt, okay, yeah, that's you know, right. now I can you know, let six or seven weeks go by, and then I'll sit down and have another one of those days where I'll put together you know, a, few, a few more, right? And then I, I don't feel as overwhelmed, and, mm -hmm. you know, and then it's done, and I don't have to think about it. I can be on vacation. I don't know what that is, but if I were to take a vacation, <laughs> then it's still the machine is still kind of running for you. There's still content being pushed out. People are still being updated, even though you might be, you know, laying on a beach somewhere uh, sipping a pina colada. But absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I like Robert's advice: is don't try to be too ambitious with it. Like, don't try and like I liked your um, strategy there, Melissa, where you gave yourself a challenge of one month where you're going to kind of blog every day. Um, but I think some people get so overwhelmed by it, they just don't know where to start, and then they just kind of it's like anything, like a fit, like getting back into fitness or anything, right? Like we, we're, Yeah, we're and the reason that I did that is it's like they say you have to do everything, something once every day for like a month to develop a habit, you know? And so I just kind of did that as my own like little challenge to try and get into the habit of blogging, not that I would continue to do blogging at that rate, but it definitely helped, you know, mm -hmm. just to get my voice and to make it easier to come up with those ideas and content, so. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, hopefully that uh, we provided our, our audience with some things to think about, some food for thought when it comes to blogging. Um, so I think we want to move on now to our next uh, section, which is our listener question. And each week we will choose a listener question to answer on the show. And this week we've got a question from Greg Allen. And Greg emailed us and he wants to know, is there a mega trends type resource I can go to that will help me see the trends in wedding photography? How about wedding photography statistics? So, Greg wants to know, is there, where can he go? He kind of wants to, I guess he wants to sort of keep his finger on the pulse of what's, what's current, what's, what are the current trends, what's happening out there? <laughs> well, Robert, do, you, do you know of any sites like that? Uh, my initial gut would be to just say the not, but my bigger gut reaction would be like, don't worry about that and do your own thing. <laughs> <laughs> Set um, a trend. Set his own trend. Yeah, I mean... You can get so caught up in, you know, we're talking about blogging and looking at people's blogs and what are they doing and, like, I, you know, I think there's that, like, keeping up with the Joneses and I know all photographers do that and they look at pictures and go, oh, my gosh, I'm terrible. This person's better than I am or they're doing this and they're taking your ideas and they're implementing them and, you know, we hear all the whole thing, like, picture stealing and people using other photographers' pictures and all that stuff. Like, I personally think, um, yeah, I look around a little bit, but... You know, I just do my own thing. I do what I love. I do it from the heart. I do what I'm good at. Um, you know, you probably can get business and marketing ideas. I think that's good. But I think as far as, um, you know, photographing and taking pictures, you know, do do what's in your heart and shoot your style because that's ultimately how you're going to stand out. Um, you know, I, I want to stick my finger down my throat, quite honestly, and, you know, as I look around the web and I look at a lot of the photography, and it all just looks the same. Mm. I mean, th there's not a lot of difference in what's out there right now. So I think if you really can 
stand out and be different somehow, um, you're going to do well. You know, just stick to it and, and go out there. But, I mean, as far as the source to get the trends and what's going on, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I would say the knot probably has its biggest finger in the pie. Yeah. Melissa, what about you? Any... Yeah, I would I would just kind of second what Robert mentioned. I I don't know a great resource. I would maybe look at PPA, um, Professional Photographers of America, for wedding photography type um, stats and maybe Wedding Wire or The Knot. Um, those are the kind of the big ones. But yeah, I mean I don't know what his motivation is for that. But um, you know, just kind of looking on social media as well, you can kind of see see trends there as well. But yeah, I think. Being different is is probably your biggest asset um, to stand out in the sea of you know this oversaturated industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we always one of the things we pride ourselves on is we try not to chase the trends too much too because trends I mean there's like fashion or anything else they come and go. There's trends you know you see a lot of trends in post production right. You see a lot of mm -hmm. you know a while ago it was sort of everything was the yellow tea stain kind of like and it looked awful and we said you know it might look trendy today and we tell our clients this you know you might see some stuff that looks trendy today but you're gonna hate your photos in a couple of years because that trend that trend's gonna go. Right, so clean, classic, timeless—that's never going to go out of out of style. Um, but some of this stuff that you see, that's you know, like the matte finish now is very popular, right? And it looks it, it looks really cool. But is it going to look cool in three or four years? Selective color looked cool to some people yeah, yeah. at one point in time, and that was a big trend, and everybody jumped on the trend. So yeah, I like Robert's advice: is kind of you know, set your own trend, be your own trailblazer, and don't worry too much. I mean, you have to be aware of what's happening out there, but I don't think you want to focus on it too much. So. Yeah, I think marketing, you know, if there are marketing things, like the one thing that just popped in my mind is, you know, like photo booster everywhere. Um, you know, if you want to have a little extra money, like kind of do your own makeshift photo booth if you mm -hmm. want. You know, why should that business go to somebody else? You know, set up a backdrop, hire another photographer, put a remote on a camera and let people be able to take their own pictures somewhat full photo booth-ish, you know, that I think, you know, like it's popular and if you have the opportunity to make more money, then Put your own spin on it. Or make your own photo booth. Create your own fun. You know, again, that's sort of putting your own style into something that's popular. Mm -hmm. But, you know, marketing, you know, like you'll just see things that are, you know, popular and just... But anyway, I'm going to say Excellent. Well, that's a, a great question. Thanks to uh, Greg Allen for emailing us. Uh, of course, we want to hear from you and answer your questions. So head on over to thisweekinphoto.com and leave your questions and comments on the blog post for this episode. Or you can also submit your question, like Greg did, by emailing us at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. All right, up next we've got our picks of the week. And in each episode, we're going to share a photography-related item that we think would benefit wedding photographers. Our picks can be anything as long as they are somehow related to photography or the business of photography. Melissa, since you're our special guest this week, we're going to go ahead and let you go first. And I think you've got a little, you're going to show us something on your on your screen. So for those who are watching the video, Melissa's going to actually show us her pick of the week. For yeah, um... I, this is more like uh, business and product productivity related. This is um, an app, uh, a software kind of app for um, project management. It's called Trello, so just Trello.com. And um, I read the book Making Ideas Happen, and um, just really loved like thinking through kind of how to organize my time and how to break things up so I'm not like checking email all day and kind of doing things that are just time suck you know and and actually getting like the most important things done for my business and so Trello is a great app you can create these boards um, and then individual kind of cards on each board and you can like move things around um, so I, you can organize it really however you'd like. You create these yourself. So I've got like kind of my, my business to-do list and then um, I kind of have, you know, things I'm following, waiting on other people for or need to follow up on, kind of a list of things I want to accomplish this week and then I actually do what, a list every day. And so you can go in, you can create, um, you know, checklists on here, um, add items, uh, you know, here, and then you can check them off, you know, and then you can archive the card when you're done. So, um, 
it's really handy. Like you can move things around. You can invite other people onto a board. Here's my office manager, so she's a part of this card. We've got you know our list of things we have to do to accomplish this task, and then we can share comments on it as well and kind of communicate back and forth on getting that done. So it's pretty. It's a pretty neat app. I used to be you know a big um, kind of paper checklist, you know, I like crossing things off, but this mm -hmm. is kind of accomplishes that same thing and is really versatile. Um, and the cool thing about it is that you can also, um, uh, you can, it syncs with the app on your phone, so you have it with you at all times, and you have the desktop version as well, and it just syncs, so you can easily, you know, up, update things on the go. Cool. That's called Trello. Trello. T-R-E-L-L-O. Do you know, is there a cost for it? Is it a subscription type service? Or? Um, there is. It's like one of those kind of things if you want to get like the pro version, but I just have the free version and it does everything I need it to do. So I think, you know, if you're a bigger company and want to have, you know, a lot more going on, then you could upgrade, but it's totally free. So Fantastic. Great. It's a bonus. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Mr. Evans, what have you got for us this week? Well, I'm most excited about my toys that I've ordered. Oh, I, I'm going to guess what you have ordered. What did, what did I order? Uh, the new A7R2? Well, correct. Well, <laughs> I will get one of those, but being a Sony artisan, I may not have to pay for that one. Um, but I did order for myself, which we don't always get everything, um, the RX104. So it's Sony's little point-and-shoot, mm -hmm. um, and... I just, I've always wanted one of those, and I've never ordered it. Of course, they just came out with a new one. Um, so we talked a little bit about uh, video today. Great little video cam, you know, camera, and it, it now shoots 4K video. I don't think you need that for blogging, of course, um, but it shoots other than 4K. But it's just, for me, it's like I'm excited to have, like, a camera that I keep with me all the time. You know, uh, it can fit in my pocket, in my jeans. It could fit in my hoodie pocket. It can go on. You the know, top. we all have one of those. It's called an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I have an iPhone too, but the quality is just not. And what I love, what the Sony does, um, is that you can take that picture or that video clip and you can Wi-Fi it right to your phone, so that you can, uh, you know, send that out on social media or however you want right away. So, you know, we even talked about even doing video stuff for your site, and you can actually use the camera, look through a camera, um, and then send it to your phone or your computer, for that matter, via Wi-Fi or NFC, depending on the type of phone that you have. And I love it. Like, I take pictures with my Sony cameras. I mean, I have other ones, and I send them to my phone all the time, and then those go on Instagram. I rarely take pictures with my iPhone anymore. I mean, I know... People do it, but I like the quality that the cameras give, and then uh, plus I have you know a nice size file. I mean, what if you're out, you see a nice fine art picture, you're not going to sell that with your iPhone, so you need a good size file, and uh, so that's what it's the Sony RX104 is my pick of the week. Very good, excellent. What's that go for? Do you know roughly? Uh, with the 4K video, it's about nine hundred dollars. You could get a previous version, the RX103, I think, is about uh, six fifty. Mm -hmm. A little bit less, but I think now with the 4K video in it. Um, and I was actually just talking to a friend of mine who, speaking of just trends, he, he has a slow-mo photo booth, and he was using Sony's, the FS700s, uh, you know, which is a $7,000, $8,000 video camera to accomplish slow-mo, and uh, he said he's buying all those cameras because the slow-mo video on that is so amazing that he doesn't have to buy those big expensive cameras oh, cool. anymore. So for a huge professional use, it also had the same benefit. I thought that was very interesting that he's going to forego that camera. Oh. Yeah, I've seen those slow-mo wedding booths at uh, weddings. They can be kind of fun. Have you seen one, Melissa, at a, a wedding? No, I haven't. Yeah, they're pretty fun. They're pretty... Uh, so they basically shoot slow-mo video, and then they you know, have people like fake punching each other or doing funny things, and then they slow it all down. It looks pretty neat. Huh. Or, you know glitter guns that pop and explode <laughs> and different things. Looks pretty neat in slow-mo. So. Excellent. Great pick. Well, my pick um, maybe will help you, Robert. We'll see. Um, so I'm starting to look into this. It's, it's, a, it's a tool I've been aware of for a while. I'm not actually using it yet, but I'm, I'm starting, to, starting to look at it pretty seriously. And it's a product called CoSchedule. And it's basically a, a, a service that you can plug into WordPress. And what it lets you do is it helps you plan your social media and your blogging. 
Um, so it's basically lets you put your marketing and your social media and your blogging and everything kind of all in a, in a, in a schedule and then it helps you organize it and get it published and push it out to all the different, you know, social media networks and, um, you know, sort of you can plan your images for like Pinterest and Instagram and then record something for YouTube and then kind of plan and organize that all with, um, co-schedule. So it also lets you, uh, sort of take old posts that you've done and kind of repost those and get more traffic to them. And uh, so, yeah, it looks like a pretty cool um, service and uh, you can try it for free and then they have different plans depending on the size of your, your company and, and whatnot. They have a plan. It's about 30 bucks a month. It lets you connect up to 10 different social profiles and then it has integration with things like Google Docs or Evernote. So if you're a big Evernote user, which I love Evernote, um, you can actually craft and, and draft your blog posts and things in Evernote. Um, and then have those turned into blog posts and whatnot. So it's a pretty cool um, service. Now, if you don't want to pay for something and you just want to do like what I did, WordPress lets you schedule your posts. So if you want to just get started, um, you can create posts in WordPress and then schedule them to, to be published at a certain date and a certain time. So again, like I, like I did, I did a whole bunch of blog posts and then just scheduled them to post for me so that they just sort of go out. So that's kind of where you can start. And then if you want to kind of advance, you know, beyond that uh, and do more with it, you can look at a product like CoSchedule. Look at you with a relevant pick. Look at that. Hey, relevant pick and everything. That hardly ever happens. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> I hardly ever pick a relevant pick, but this week I figured I'd, I'd up my game and pick something relevant, so... Excellent. Well, I think that brings us to the end of another episode of Twip Weddings. So I want to thank uh, our sponsors again for their support and remind our audience to send in your questions for the show and share your thoughts and uh, feelings about the show by commenting on the blog post for this episode. So before we go, before we wrap up, um, where can our audience go to keep up with you? Melissa, what have you got going on? Where can people find you? What kind of stuff have you got happening? So my website is melissajill.com. And I've got a lot of resources on there for photographers. If you, right at the top of my navigation, I have a photographer resources section. Um, you can also find it at melissajill.com backslash photographers. And lots of resources on there. Um, and then I also have a for photographers kind of category on my blog. If you click on the big camera icon on my blog, you'll see a bunch of posts on there. Uh, content for photographers and then if you need any help with uh, album design outsourcing um, you know if you're getting kind of swamped if that's mm -hmm. one of those things that's just tough for you to get to um, my album design company Align so that's A-L-I-G-N Align Album Design dot com is um, really a great resource uh, we, we charge eight dollars per spread and that includes three rounds of revisions for you and your clients so we take care of all the revisions and then just give you you know the flattened JPEG, layered PSDs, whatever you'd like um, to send on to the album company of your choice for printing and binding so um, definitely check that out we're here to help um, you know I know it's busy season and a lot of mm -hmm. people are, are bogged down with that and you know albums are kind of your clients last you know taste in their mouth of their experience with you and so just leaving them with a great experience is is really important I think to to get those referrals and um, and to be have them just you know sing in your praises absolutely so you could outsource your album design to Melissa and then have more time for blogging there you go <laughs> perfect excellent very good mr. Evans where can we find you and what are you up to these days uh, what am I up to? Been home for a little while. Quick trip to Nashville recently for some marketing and little shoot, and uh, did another job for my uh, client Marissa Mayer. Little party for her, actually locally near me, so that was kind of nice. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm home for the summer, loving it, just nice. enjoying my time, getting some but, fishing uh, done, getting some fishing in there a little Very bit. Good. I'm um, enjoying my kids, um, and I've had uh, several, and I've done a couple weddings. <clears throat> uh, I just did a local newscaster's wedding, and we got a lot of play on Facebook, and that was kind of nice. So we'll see if it translates into other business, but uh, social media-wise, it was an A+. Um, but if you want to find me, uh, robertevans.com at Robert Evans on Instagram, at Robert Evans on Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Robert Evans, or my Facebook 
Robert Evans 101, Google Plus, Robert Evans 101. You're everywhere. You're just on. You're on all the all the social networks. I just like to uh, use my name, so it's easy. <laughs> You've cast a wide net. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll put links to all those things in the show notes for this episode. And if you're looking for me, you can find me over at my website, momentsindigital.com. And momentsindigital.com slash blog is where you can keep up with our, our latest weddings and everything. We've been trying to blog at least once or twice a week so you can see what we've been up to and see some of the recent weddings we've been photographing. Um, you'll also find me on most of the usual so- social, social networks, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at uh, Bruce Clark, and Clark with an E at the end. And, of course, be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com. There you'll find our show along with several other fantastic shows on the Twip network. Uh, there's a bunch of new shows coming to the network uh, very shortly, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we want to thank you again for listening to Twip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time. <laughs>